0: we mm-hmm.
1: everyone, from the New York Restaurant Show 2017 at the Javits Center. We've covered this show before, and everyone loves this show. It is is quite a show. It has delicious food, restaurant equipment, restaurant ideas, food packaging, food trucks, rah-rah seminars on all kinds of uh, things. We're, We're passing one right now called Negotiating Commercial Leases and Renewals for Dummies. So we're going to have an action-packed day. Hang in and uh, enjoy the day. We're going to eat our way north to south today. We are with Tom Caratoro
2: with okay. v v Supremo Foods from Chicago. All
1: right. So what we have, first of all, I see this big sign about Wisconsin mac and cheese. And, and I have people at home who are gigantic mac and cheese fans. What? So
2: we have a great new cheese that you could use for mac and cheese, and it's called Chihuahua cheese. It's a great Mexican melting cheese. Okay,
1: Do you have a sample? I'm oh, sorry. you have a sample? Is it this one right here, the yellow one? yellow one, yes. Okay. So let's try it on the radio here. Wow, that's a nice cheese. It's all, I, all natural, gluten-free. There's no
2: antibiotics or hormones used in milk that we get, and it's all 100% cow's milk.
1: What makes it unique for mac and cheese as opposed to just some other purpose? Because a lot of the
2: mac and cheeses that you taste have an aftertaste. This has no aftertaste in it and it's not gummy or pasty in any way. It's all natural. And where is this made again? This is made in Wisconsin. Right.
1: All right, cool. Now, what other kinds of cheeses are you showing at the show we, today? We, this booth
2: is a Mexican uh, family. Mexican cheeses like Oaxaca, which is a Mexican string cheese. Queso Blanco, Cotija, which is a Mexican Parmesan cheese chorizo we make also which is a mexican uh pork item
1: and beef now, now of all the cheeses that you have here what do you like the most as far as for cooking as opposed to eating
2: i like the chihuahua cheese. that's our signature item we have a registered trademark on a chihuahua cheese we're the only company in the united states that can say chihuahua on their packaging oh
1: wow all right now as far as just cheese and
2: cracker eating which one would you prefer Every, for that? Everything. Everything. Because we're new. We're viewed as a new type of company. New cheeses out here. People that are walking around the show today are looking at us. They've never had this kind of cheese before. Uh, uh, I, I actually
1: really, actually really like it a lot. Really refreshing. Now, which
2: one is this one? The this one, this one that... Is the, this is the Oaxaca cheese. Okay. So that's white in color as, as compared to the uh, Chihuahua cheese, which is yellow.
1: Okay. What would I
2: use this then? That you can melt. It's great on pizza. Okay. Okay, any kind of melting. Whatever you melt cheese on, you can use Oaxaca. It's nice and mild. Very nice, mild cheese, yeah. There's always a misconception about Mexican cheese, is they think it's very spicy. To the contrary, most of our items are not spicy in any way. They're very mild in
1: flavor. Alrighty. Alright, so what's your website?
2: What's the website? What's the
3: website? It's, it's bbsupremo.com. It. What is it? What is it? B&B
4: Supremo.com. Alright,
1: cool. Well, let's take a look. Wait, here it is. vvsupremo Supremo. vvsupremo dot foodservicecom Check them out at the show. We're live at the Javits thank Center. you. Alright, thank you. Greetings from the Rock. Now we're at Kettle Cuisine. They are in um, aisle 1800. And they have some really cool soups. Just so you it's such a big crowd here. Well, these are some of the soups we've tried. So they have Chipotle sweet potato soup. They have a chicken noodle soup. They have a Mexican meatball soup. I got to try that one. There is also, let's see, I had the um, broccoli cheddar soup, which was really creamy and delicious. They have a North Atlantic paddock chowder, quinoa with sweet potato, chili with beans white chicken chili with cilantro, three bean chili, organic tomato cheddar soup, organic chickpea and chicken soup, organic beef and kale soup, uh, organic split pea and kale soup, lentil soup, macaroni and cheese, carrot ginger soup, and black bean soup. I'll tell you, it's pretty good stuff. I am still in aisle 1800, and we just stopped by Chef One, and they have delicious dumplings. Just had a kale and chicken dumpling, too. Really tasty. I'm right, with Tony Saldudo, and the company you're with is... Teddy Bakery Incorporated. All right. Now, you're giving out pizza. Right, I need a trivia question. It's delicious.
5: Okay.
1: How many slices do you think you give out over the three days of the show? Oh, probably somewhere around five to 6,000. Wow. And... What is the secret to your success? Because this is a delicious product. The secret to our success is the fact that
5: we manufacture a pizza dough that's a real pizza dough. Okay, It's manufactured
1: in a traditional way, and we double-proof all our product. It's a secret to what we do, and it's what makes us successful. All right, do you have a website? Yeah, it's www.teddybakery.com. And that's T-E-T-I? Correct. All right, have a great job. Thank you. It's, Thank it's you. delicious. All right, I'm with Luis Maldonado. Is that I said that right? Yes, that all right, that's perfect. LeBron Restaurant Supply from New York. We're in aisle 1400 and we're day two of the show. And you guys have some really cool stuff. Tell us a little bit about all the stuff that you have your restaurant equipment and supplies. But you see how, like, the Vitamix that's like the super high end, you know, blender stuff. That's that's in fact, uh, one, of my, one of my really good friends. One of my good friends who's a health professional really likes that product. I, and I could probably use one of those stockpots <laughs> when, when it gets really cold out there. Yeah. So tell us, what do you do and what do you showcase? see... I see you're important enough to have two chefs right now cooking up a storm for the, for the, the, the
5: attendees. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, uh, we are a restaurant equipment dealer. Right. It's been in business for over 32 years. It's a family-oriented uh, dealer business. Right. Uh, we have all the family participating in the business. The purchasing director is the daughter. The uh, CEO is the son. The director of operation is Mr. LeBron. I'm the general manager for the operation, and basically what we do is we bring new ideas, we bring new generations of equipment to the uh, uh, existing and new entrepreneurs in the restaurant business. Okay. That's what we do. Like right now, we have booth 1339 at the Javit Center, the international restaurant uh, show. Uh, We have Unox, is an Italy company, uh, combi ovens, and they are exposing the new generations of ovens. Okay. It is one oven that, believe it or not, they do baking, frying, steaming, and cooking. Oh, wow. So, four in one. And they are demonstrating how effective, how quickly, and how safety, on the terms of
1: uh, no oil using, of uh, the new technology of cooking. Right, and that's UNOX for the people out there who. You know, not who are not watching this. <laughs> now, the chicken was delicious. I, the chicken was really, really, it was perfectly good.
5: And as you see it, the tenderness is inside, yeah. and its outside is properly done.
1: Right, it's crispy and tender and juicy without being burnt or or chewy or yeah, uh, deep fryer. Right, so right, which is unhealthy? No oil yeah, is, exactly. Oh, right. Right. So, what else are you showcasing this year? We showcasing
5: this year all what it is refrigeration line we have this year a new company yeah. that is called um RTF this company is building refrigerators imagine for the uh, submarines oh wow well, yeah imagine sure yeah submarine they have to keep people uh, there uh military staff healthy and with food so you cannot put the traditional um refrigerators sure. now they have this one comes in panels and we assembly right on the spot wow so in new york city which is a very tiny places where we go into it the kitchen is one third of the restaurant itself and we have to service for four or five hundred people the refrigeration is a very basic stuff so this is the new concept they can move and assembly easy and they can see as you see i see pictures, in the pictures yeah it's very easy and it's very uh, fast to build the. Uh,
1: All right, so it's a mod- modular refrigerator built in four hours or less. That's really why. Right. That's that's correct. I was actually on the USS Batan last year. I got. Hopefully, if I go back to Fleet Week this year, I'll check out the refrigerators. <laughs> You're gonna have that
5: because this is the only company who made it for the United States military military wow. bases.
1: All right, so there you go. All right, it was a pleasure to oh. see this. Let's go. Let's see what else you got.
5: The next thing that we have and featuring in the
1: LeBron boot yeah. is
5: uh, remember ten years ago, uh, Con Edison says, "Hey, listen, this is Live bulb LED. It's going to save energy. You, it's going to be brighter than the usual, and it's going to it's it going to use less electricity and it'll save you money." Twenty years or seventeen so now, years, yeah. National Grid come with the same concept. It says, "Guys, if you use uh, high energy." Uh, uh, yes. Efficiency equipment, they rebate $1,000 for items that, that new oh, wow. restauranters they can buy. And it's
1: exclusively for the next year and a half at LeBron Restaurant Supply. Oh, that's a, that's actually very, very interesting. Okay, that's cool. National Grid, $1,000 for VAT. Okay. So picture this. You are planning to buy a fryer. A
5: fryer costs $2,000. So what you do, you go for the cheaper one that it costs thousand
1: dollars. So now you can have what you want for thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly, that's a great idea. That's the name of that game. Right. So perfect. What else? would can we see? What else you want to show me? Um, we have the line of
5: new uh, in the market. This one is a prototype. Comes from China. Is a six-open burner. Usually, six-open burner for a restaurant is about eighteen hundred dollars. Uh the minimum is like a fifteen hundred dollars. This for the show we have at the $995. Oh, okay, it's a okay. substantial savings. It's very substantial savings. It's all the stainless steel. This one is a prototype. It's coming to America in uh, April, the first week of April, it comes 500 of these babies. So but we have it here exclusively at the restaurant, uh, Lebron Restaurant Supply, boot 1339 for display. So if somebody wants to come see it, test it. Uh, touch it. We have it here. I'll bring some eggs to fry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have also, we have a new line of uh, uh, ice machines. Now, notice this, discharge it of the ice machine. Remember the ice machine breed. Yes. Okay. So you can have it on the side, but sometimes, or most of the kitchen, we talk about a kitchen that is very tiny. What they do is they put a refrigerator right next to it. And a suffocated. Yeah, it can't, yeah. Now, this one, it can be located on the top. Ah. So, it's on the top. All those new innovations, all those new technologies, we have it at LeBron Restaurant Supply. All right. certainly uh, need that, yeah. And the most important, to close this uh, segment with you, we defend what is built in America. Okay. Uh, Imperial is in business for over 60 years. We are exclusive distributors of Imperial manufacturing. Uh, we know the factory, we was invited to the factory, we, and at the end of the day, we have to defend what is made in America by Americans. Thank you very
1: much. All right. Thank you so much. All right. We're with Alan Langer. He's the director of sales and market at the Fremont Company from Fremont, Ohio. All right. So we're at the food, we're at the food display here, and this is unbelievable. Tell us what you got, because this is really, really cool.
6: So we're here at the Restaurant Food Show, and we are launching the brand new Budweiser barbecue sauces. We're sampling the barbecue sauces. We've got wing sauces, burger sauce, we've got some marinades, and we've got Frank's Kraut going along with it. All right. So what did we just try? Because that was really good. You just tried a wonderful sweet and smoky barbecue sauce. Harland America, I think, deep, rich, thick uh, barbecue sauce leaning a little sweeter and a little smokier for those that want a little extra flavor
1: and then what are the other sauces that? And, uh, do you have, first of all do you have a website and all that other good stuff so people can look this up on the internet
6: website's in development right now it's going to be BudweiserSauces.com okay. we've got 5 flavors of barbecue 2 flavors of wing, we've got a steak and burger sauce and we're developing 2 awesome marinades, one's for beef so steak and burger Try a burger on it. It's awesome. Okay. And then try And then we have a buffalo wing marinade. So buffalo chicken. Believe I it love or not, buffalo chicken. Yeah. Believe it or not, take your product, throw it in the bag, close it up, let it marinate for a couple of hours, throw it on the grill, rock on.
1: All right. Well, thank, thank you very much. And that was a delicious sample. Thank, thank you.
6: Thank
1: you. All right. was Oscar Garcia. Yeah. Now, Sucadia. Cucadias. All right, Sicarias sweets and snacks from New Jersey. From New Jersey, yes. you don't sound like you're from New Jersey. <laughs>
7: yeah, we are from New Jersey. I right from South Plainfield, New Jersey. Where you from originally? Mexico. All right. And where did you learn all the great culinary school, the skills that you have? With them, um, with them. I worked for them for 17 years. Yeah. So I learned with them. I, I mean, I stay with them. I live with them. All right. So, so I had to learn from them. All right. What
1: are your favorite things to cook?
7: Indian food only. I know how to go only Indian food. I'm a Mexican but I don't know how to go Mexican food. <laughs> That's a problem, you know. Hey,
1: right, so what drew you to loving Indian food? I love Indian food.
7: Uh, the spices. Okay. The spices and all the stuff. Of the different kinds of Indian food, what do you make and what do you create? What I create, I create these things, samosas. I right. make tomato tomato and cheese and then the spinach and corn. That's for my own creation. Okay. Yeah. Now,
1: I just had the tomato cheese. That was really good. Yeah. You
7: really know, good. I actually
1: haven't had that before. Okay. You got a new product for the show? Yes, it's a new product for it's the show. It's very good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, are, the, are the nuts that will sell you?
7: Uh, yeah, that's masala cashews. I love that. Oh, they're
1: spicy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You know what it is? You need to be next to the beer guys. <laughs> I know. That's what he said. <laughs> so you know? have a little bit of the hot spicy cashews. And then you just
7: have a nice cold cerveza, yeah, and, you're all, no, and, you're no, perfect, and you're perfect. Yeah, they're perfect, you know, with the, uh, with the bar. They goes in the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just keep it on there, only. Right. It always. So what does your company make? What are, what are all the we different box lines? We make samosas, and we make sweets. Okay. Most of the pastries, like Indian pastries, yeah, yeah, we make those. All right. Well, you know what yeah. would also be good? A, a, mango, a mango lassi. Yeah. yeah, right. No, the we have a store in, in Barsipani, so we sell Mangolasi. All right. All yeah. right. Now, now, what is the website that people can go to to find? There's a www.sukarias.com.
1: All right. That's S-U-K-H-A-D-I-A-S. S-U-K-H-A-D-I-A-S because yeah. this is the radio and people may not know Shikadia yeah that's right yeah, we are the sweet people <laughs> alright all right. thank very, you so very much very nice yeah. to meet you and all have right. a great show thank, thank you. you you are listening to Taking Care of Business on 88.1 WCWP WCWP.org and TCDRadio.com hey this is Jeff Matson of Dark Star Orchestra and you're listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM this is a rare find. We're with As- Asarasi. Uh, Asarasi, you got it. Uh, Asarasi, all right, cool. And I'm with Adam Lazar. At least I knew how to say that right. right. All right, you have an incredible corporate story. Tell us about what you guys do.
3: Yeah, so in a nutshell, what we've discovered was a renewable, sustainable form of pure water that comes from a natural plant-based resource. So we don't screw up our environment by taking water from groundwater no sources. We actually take from plant-based sources, which comes from maple producers. So we have about a 1,000 maple producers in New York State that we are cooperating with to harvest plant-based sources of water that is a byproduct of their current maple production. What it allows us to do is incentive farmers to double their crop profits... Without any extra labor, bringing to market a renewable, sustainable form of eco-friendly water that tastes amazing. It does taste amazing. I just
1: it gave me a little sample, and it's 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 really clean. Yeah, it, it really is. Really, really clean. It's super crisp, right? In yeah.
3: And a champagne bubble, and you'll find us uh, in, in about several hundred restaurants in New York City and throughout New England, and we're going into many major markets in through. Uh, uh, you know, major grocery chains like Price Chopper, uh, Wegmans, uh, ShopRite. And so it'll allow us to give broad exposure to an environmental issue without taking advantage of the consumer. So this product sells in grocery for fifty to a $1.99 a bottle. Same in the retail uh, establishments like food service. So you'll find that in a grab-and-go cooler for two to two and a half dollars or same price on the table.
1: Now, is the, is the sparkling nature natural?
3: We add the, we add the carbonation at the bottling facility. That carbonated water market is growing at 35 percent every single year because people are giving up carbonated soft drinks for healthier options. And we believe we've created craft farm disabled water.
1: It, it's, it's truly an amazing product because it it's so it's so clean. You know, a lot of times when you have a beverage, it doesn't necessarily satisfy you. You know, especially if it's I don't know if it's got a flavor. This not the, the fact that it's just clean, you know really what it is you, yeah.
3: so any other product water product in the world has several hundred parts per million dissolved solids and mineral content yeah. from the ground. This is forty parts per million Potassium, calcium, manganese. That is it. Which and is good for you anyway. And those yeah. are great. Those naturally occur from the tree. And this allows us to create the purest form of water in the world that we just certified USD Organic, the only bottle of water
1: in the world to do that. Oh, wow. That's unbelievable.
8: Uh,
1: is, there a, is there a side health benefit from drinking this?
3: Well, other than a pure hydration opportunity, uh, this is truly about environmental impact without impacting your wallet. So you can do the right thing for the environment, right thing for you, and the right thing for farms. And the right thing for your hydration. So it's a a beautiful complimentary water product.
1: I love it. All right, thank you. Your your
3: website is? Asarasi.com. A-S-A-R-A-S-I.com. All right, perfect. Thank you. Thanks for the time, brother.
1: All right, as they say, yo, Brooklyn. All right, so we're at Brooklyn Organics Craft Ginger Ale. And we just had a couple of nice little samples. What's your name?
9: My name is Crystal. I do marketing for Brooklyn Organics. We're a brand new company based in Bushwick, Brooklyn.
1: All right, Bushwick. There you go. All right. So, what do you what do you, what do you guys feature? Because we're on the radio, nobody can see all the great stuff you have here.
9: We have an all organic craft ginger soda with a number of fun flavors, including coconut, cola, acai, and guava. All right.
1: And where do you make all of this?
9: Uh, we're in Bushwick.
1: So you're actually manufacturing Bushwick.
9: That's right. right.
1: You don't grow the ginger in Bushwick, too, do you?
9: <laughs> Not quite. I don't think anybody would want uh, the urban ginger, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, you know, yeah.
1: but you know it would be really tough.
9: <laughs> that is also and, true. And hardy. Uh huh.
1: Right. So you said is the company fairly new?
9: It is. Uh, we are actually a sister brand to Bruce Cost Ginger Ale.
1: Okay. That's...
9: And uh, but this is a brand new line debuting today at the New York Restaurant Show. All right.
1: What would you say for people who are consumers? What's the difference between? The Bruce Cost, ginger ale and your products.
9: The Brooklyn Organics ginger ale has all the fun without any of the guilt.
1: Oh, there you go. All right. And that guilt would be?
9: The calories and the sugar.
1: I was going to say high taxes.
9: <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> no soda tax on this.
1: There you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, if people want to learn more, is there like a website or something?
9: Please check us out at drinkbrooklynorganics.com. Well, that's
1: a great name. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that your marketing genius at work?
9: Partially.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, you can uh-huh. take full credit. All right, Crystal. Thank you. What's your name? What's your name? Joanne. All right, Joanne. All right. Now, Joanne, she, you like the coconut. Uh, Wait, no, you like yes, Crystal. Like the coconut. You like the cola. Yes. I like I like both. Actually, they're very. They're, you know what's interesting? The cola was cleaner than the kind of cola you get when you drink. Right. So I really like that. And the coconut had a real nice. Intense flavor, so mm-hmm. and I like the fact USDA organic, non-GMO, sugar-free, low-calorie, caffeine-free, and kosher. There Woo! you go. Woo! All right. How long take you to develop all this stuff?
9: Um, uh, I actually helped uh, work on the R and D for that. It took us a few months, but a lot of blood and sweat. But we we trip through
1: it. I did. You like work in a trailer? You know, <laughs> light, night and day, cooking up no. batches of you know soda and stuff like that. Uh,
8: more like an evil genius lab, but yeah. There
1: something, you go. Something like that. Well, I wish you both tremendous success. <laughs> All right, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Who does not love coffee? I mean, who, the, we're with the Sail Away Coffee Company. We have Ryven, Ryan Ryan Did I say it right? Herbandal. All right, cool. From Deer Park, New York. Well. Yeah. We're, you're, you're part of our radio uh, area because we're WCWP in uh, Greenvale. Oh, okay, So we're, awesome. we're right by it. So we're like exit 49 north.
4: <laughs> yeah, we're not too far off there.
1: So there you go. So what is Sail Away Nitro?
4: So our Nitro cold brew coffee is our lightly sweetened cold brew that we steep for over 24 hours in cold, filtrated water. And we do an additional 48-hour nitrogen infusion process. So it gets rich and creamy without having to use any dairy or any substitute dairy. So it's six grams of natural cane sugar per serving. Only thirty calories. No preservatives or artificial flavoring. All
1: right. So is nitro is nitrogen the new milk?
4: <laughs> it is in some cases. It's a lot healthier of a substitute as far as you're not having to have all the calories with all the creamers and the milk and the, right, and sugar. the
1: hormones. And yeah. The nat- even though this or natural, yeah. Could I? Could I try? Of course. Yes. All right. So, where where do you manufacture your so Nitro Brew?
4: Everything's made in Deer Park. So ah, there you go, so Our brewery is. We manufacture our bottled cold brew and our Nitro cold brew coffee, and then we self distribute all throughout Long Island or as we're right now.
1: All right, now this is this is actually really really good. It's uh, got a nice smooth coffee flavor, no acidity.
4: Yeah.
1: It's it's got it's sweet but not overpoweringly so, and it doesn't have that acid bite that you get with coffee, whether it's hot. A lot of times people get cold coffee to sort of kind of tone down the acid, but you don't have that at all.
4: Yeah, so when we were starting the company, we tailored a specific blend that when we cold brewed it, it was super smooth, it was rich in flavor, had that chocolate and caramel tone to it with low acidity and low bitterness. And then when we started experimenting with the nitro cold brew, it was just the perfect balance of the smoothness and the silkiness with it. It, it's perfect for the black coffee drinker who will still respect it and the person who drinks their coffee with a ton of milk and sugar will still love it. All
1: right. Now, this is, this is a cold brew. There's, is there a special bean that you use to make this, you know, like, a special kind of coffee?
4: Uh, we just came up with a specific roast that we liked and yep. just tailored it. Uh, it's called our captain's One. You can find it online. Um, and we have a whole bean we could grind it to whatever coarseness you like and we have instructions and if you want to cold brew it at home you can try yourself and make a little experiment out of it
1: Right. So what's the difference between nitro and the other things that you're showing today? So
4: our other cold brew, are yeah. just our traditional steep cold brew, we have sweetened and unsweetened. The sweetened is what we use to make our nitro cold brew, so it's just the additional process of making it actually nitrogenated.
1: So that is the father.
4: <laughs> is, this is the father, and that's the mother, and then right.
1: this, is, this is our this, baby. This is the children, all right. Yeah. Could I try the unsweetened of course. just to see the genesis? And we're getting a little bit of the... The, the original formula here and made in Long Island which is always perfect so let's take a look oh that's really good um, again you know it's, it's got a great coffee flavor without acidness, bitterness aftertaste or anything like that Yeah. so how, so let me can I see the bottle for a second yeah, alright so it's Sail Away Coffee unsweetened, smooth and delicious which it really is it says we steep our captain's roast for over 24 hours in cold filtered water. Our brewing technique slowly extracts the rich notes of the blend, creating the perfect balance of strength and flavor. And there you go. And it's uh, and you have all the social media. Yeah. <laughs> and you can shop online at sailawaycoffee.com Now, is it, does it have anything to do with sailing because of Long Island?
4: No, actually, me and Chris were both in full-time touring bands before we both did this and kind of toured Central and South America and just found a love for coffee. So, when we came back, um, he lived in New York. I lived in North Carolina, and "Sail Away" was actually lyrics from one of his band songs, so it just fit the vibe of being a Long Island company perfectly. So,
1: All right, so how does a good old boy from North Carolina end up in Deer Park? <laughs>
4: uh, just, just wanting to go on a wild adventure and start this company with my friends. So. All
1: right. um, how are you received? How is it growing? What's the reception? And what have been people saying at about the show? At the show,
4: uh, we're a year and a half old right now. Um, about a year in on being a bottle product and uh, on tap product, and uh, so far today's reception, it's been it's been amazing. We've right. had a lot of great reception. A lot of people who are interested in carrying it now, and uh, it's definitely a success being here.
1: All right. Well, good luck to you. Appreciate the time and the samples. Thank I really do. Thank you. See you on the radio. Alright, sometimes you go to the restaurant show and you see old friends. Now, one of the places that I used to go to all the time and still do is Brooklyn Crate. Because I love that place, alright? You, you do your court appearance in Brooklyn Supreme Court. You gotta go back to the office. And it's perfect because you go in there and you have something that's really, really different. You know, everybody has... What does everybody have for lunch? Turkey sandwich, hamburger pizza. This is actually something that's actually good for you. So tell, tell us, Brooklyn Crepe.
0: Yeah, Brooklyn Crepe and Juice. We have a uh, location on Flatbush Avenue, 274 Flatbush in in Park Slope, and another location uh, 169 5th Avenue.
1: All right. Now you have other So wait, what do you feature there cuz I happen to always get a juice and a crepe. Now I know you have dessert crepes and like like lunch type crepes.
0: Yeah, we have uh, sweet and savory crepes. So you can come in and get something with smoked salmon or chicken or veg-
1: veggies and all freshly made right on the spot. Of course. There you
0: go. And, uh, and then we also have sweet ones as well. If you have a sweet tooth, you can you can grab Nutella or you know chocolate, different fruits.
1: And then um, what are your, what are your other restaurants?
0: Uh, so I have another. Uh, it's a fried chicken, Korean fried chicken place called Wang's. Okay. And we do a mix of uh, Southeast Asian and Southern chicken.
1: All right. How did that come about? Because that's that's definitely. Um an expansion of the crepe model. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very, it's very different.
1: You don't look like any Korean in yet. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Uh, my partner, uh, who is uh, was a contestant on Top Chef and a fantastic chef, um, you know, we just we met and we we're talking about different business ideas, and, and she really wanted to do this wing concept. And I, I was all on board, so I, I can't take credit for the for the idea. I, I backed it and helped her helped her open it and help her help her run it a little bit. But she's mostly the one that's uh, that's doing the concept. So how's,
1: how's your Korean? Because I, I represent Korean television. Oh, yeah. so I know I know Anya Seho and
0: <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, Korean <laughs> <laughs> once, but. On a, on a research trip, but
1: <laughs> so I, I happen to love Korean food, Korean barbecue, yeah. Korean stews. Yeah. Um, I like you know that, that, that I know they have something called New York kimchi, which is a milder chim- kimchi than the more traditional ones. Yeah, we and make I love their own kimchi as well. And I love bib-bop. I love all that oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you feature in your your in your so Korean style food? Mainly, it's just chicken.
0: Uh, so we do.
1: Uh, it's not just chicken. It's chicken with.
0: Yeah, we do side dishes, yeah. um, but we'll take like southern, uh, southern classics like collard greens or mac and cheese, and we put a we put a south uh, a Southeast Asian spin on it, or a Korean spin on it, or a Japanese. It's not just Korean, so we have some right. some Japanese. So it's uh, like an Asian
1: fusion. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of
0: like an, a fusion.
1: Uh, and where is that restaurant?
0: That's on uh, Fourth Avenue in Union, uh, six seventy one Union Street. All uh, right. Also, Brooklyn, in Gowanus border. Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah, all Brooklyn. All right, well, Brooklyn's the place to eat, isn't it? Absolutely. So, what did you, what did you see at the show that you liked? Uh, I
0: think there's there's a lot of a lot of cool things here. Um, I think the the the, the self made coffee makers are <laughs> are pretty interesting. You know, like the old robots replacing <laughs> humans. I think you're going to see like you see a lot of that. Continuing trends of like trying to reduce labor as as labor costs continue to go up. Uh, operators are gonna to need to find ways in which they can save on those labor costs. So you're gonna see uh, some you know, some more uh, ways in which we can cut cut labor and, 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 and
1: an increase efficiency. And increase efficiency,
0: yeah. exactly, yeah.
1: I definitely noticed a trend in organics. Yeah. It's definitely growing.
0: Yeah, organics is, is actually growing faster than the supply can probably probably handle it at this point.
1: Which is probably a good thing, you know.
0: Yeah, if we can if we can find a way to to, to go back to that old model because that's really the traditional way in which
1: in which we farmed. Right, because when my parents grew up, there was no organic farming no, because it was, organic, was, it, was organic. it was organic. It's only because of this new <laughs>
0: conventional type of farming that now you know we're seeing oh well we have to go back to the way we've done things for thousands of years. Exactly. <laughs> so.
1: What are the challenges that you face as the creator of menus and food formats? Do you have to be ahead of the trend? Do you yeah. have to? Do you have to create the trend? Yeah, I mean, I think creating the trend
0: is is sometimes difficult, and I think even with the seafood restaurant, we we tried we tried to do um, sustainable seafood, and I think we were almost ahead of that trend uh, in that like it's very expensive, and people quite didn't quite get it. They're like, why is this trip so expensive? Well, because it's real. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's not farmed by. Slaves, <laughs> by child slaves in Asia. That's the reason why it's so expensive, or you know, it's it had to pass you know thorough uh, you know regulation in, in this country, which is a lot higher than you know ninety percent of our seafood is gotten from Asia, uh, and and it's some of it's questionably raised, oh, yeah. farmed.
1: So there are certain fish that are, su- are supposedly known to be avoided at yeah. all costs.
0: Yeah, so I think yeah. that as, you know people are getting more educated on those things, but if you're too far ahead of the curve. Sometimes, you know, uh, it's not a good thing. But then again, if you're too far behind and, and you're not kind of catching on. So it's kind of, I think, staying in that sweet spot between not being too far ahead and not being too far behind.
1: What do you do to keep current in the industry?
0: Reading publications, listening to great great news programs like, like yours.
10: Yeah, right? yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> and going to shows like this and just, you know, like talking to having friends in the industry that, uh, you know, we all, we all share.
1: The ones... I represent a number of different restaurants uh, in my capacity as a lawyer, and I can tell you it's a really hard business. No one realizes the spoilage, uh, staffing, menu creation, food inventory. If you have too much, that's no good. Too little is not good enough. Um, you know, training of people, uniforms. Yeah, no. You know, I, just accounting. <laughs> if you've got a little bit of extra money to invest,
0: I, I actually don't. I don't advise people to yeah. <laughs> invest in a restaurant unless you really know what you're doing or you've like, spent your life and, and really understand it. It's not, it's not an easy business. There, there's, there's better ways to, right. to invest your money if, if you're just looking for a quick return on your money.
1: Well, you know, you know what the famous joke is? How do you make a million dollars in the stock market? Start with 10 million and invest it. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Probably the same with
1: restaurants exactly. as, uh, as well. It's a tough business. Don't we realize that you know, you're open how many days a week?
0: Seven days a week, every day. Right. 15, 16 hours a day.
1: Right. And how many hours before you open are you actually inside doing things?
0: We've got to have about an hour. with the with the juice bars it's not as not as much prep whereas in with the restaurants, it's actually about four to five four to five hours of prep before.
1: Right, and then that, after you close you still have to do things? Yeah, yeah, okay. usually an hour or so wow. an hour or two. And then there's all the accounting and Yeah. It's you know, a never ending uh, cleaning of clothes and washing floors and oh, yeah. dishes. No no one realizes how much you know. Just to even bring like a very simple one meal to a person uh, involves a multitude of steps. Absolutely, you know, and, and I don't know that the general public really understands or appreciates how much effort really goes. It yeah,
0: I that. think everyone should work in work in a restaurant at least yeah. one, at one point in their life just to just to appreciate the whole the whole process because you're you're both a factory that's producing something, but also a customer service service industry as well. So it's kind of a marriage of both the product and a service set. You know, a lot of companies don't have to do both of those things. And it's, it's a very, you know... Right.
1: And a lot of companies don't have to be open for as many hours. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so. also, you tend to need large staffs because... Holiday turnover, vacations,
0: and you never. The, the other issue is that everyone comes at one time, right? You have, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you you know you're open sixteen hours a day, but you might only have two three hours of, of really a busy times time, the, yeah. the, the whole day. So, but you need to have that staff there just in case. So it's you know there's a lot of inefficiency there, and figuring out that exactly when to have staff in, and you know, and well, prepping all that. It's,
1: well, know, I know like in Great Neck, uh, one of the uh, towns in Long Island that I tend to do some business in, that. They actually close their restaurants between, say, like, 3 and 5. And I think that's because they're trying to save on that time. But, you know, it is always nice coming in for either a late lunch and early dinner, and, you know. Yeah, but then again, economics really drives everything. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: that's where you're going to see a lot, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, both, like, mobile apps and things that kind of, like, tell you when to schedule your staff and... You know, d- different uh, tasks that can that can be done and, and as efficiently as possible.
1: How has technology helped or hurt you?
0: Um, I think you know it it can help you if you use it properly. Um, we 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 started doing a delivery through uh, Seamless and GrabHub, and and they're actually doing the deliveries for us. So it's oh. not our employees that are doing the deliveries; they're picking it up, they're processing the order. We're just making the food, and they're picking it up. And we've actually. Uh, now it's close to 15% of our business. Um, oh, that's cool. So it's a pretty pretty large large percentage of our business, the, the seamless uh, grub-up model. Now, they do take a lot of money and you know do take a large commission, but at the same time, I think, I think so it's cards, worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah credit yeah, cards. No one
1: realizes, you know, when, when you take a credit card in, you don't keep all that
0: money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to pay almost 3% yeah. uh, transaction. fee. And, no, and
1: over time, yeah, that's up. a big, yeah, it's a yeah, big, it's a big number. Yeah. If, if
0: you know a restaurant, uh, margins, you know, seven, eight percent is it's a good margin. It's a decent yeah. margin in a lot of places, ten percent. So when you have seamless taking fifteen or twenty, <laughs> it's. But it's extra business that you normally wouldn't get. so It's, right. it's a trade-off. It's, yeah. a, it's a trade-off, yeah.
1: All right. So what are all the websites for BrooklynCrepe.com? You know, yeah, BrooklynCrepe.com. Yep. And what are the other ones?
0: Uh, and WangsBK.com uh, are, uh, are the two websites. All right. All right. It's always order. a
1: pleasure. Absolutely. I'll yeah, see you. See you see on the radio. Yeah. See you bump into friends in all yeah. kinds yeah. of places. All right, thanks. <laughs> you are listening to Taking Care of Business on 88.1 WCWP, WCWP.org, and TCDRadio.com.
3: Hi, this is Roy Cosgrove, and you're listening to Rich Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM.
1: So we're at almost the close of day two at the restaurant show, and it's always when you're walking through to see what did you miss that you want to report on. <coughs> Pardon me. And I see Wiki sticks made in the USA, celebrating 26 years. I see you updated your sign from last year. I'm going to have to
8: update it in a second, too. It's going to be 27 in about a week.
1: Oh, Okay. So it says you're the alternative to crayons. Now, I have two children. They love their crayons. And a lot of times, to keep them busy in a restaurant, we take out crayons. But this looks like it's sort of innovative and a lot less messy.
8: Yes, sir. So I'm going to talk really slowly due to the speech impediment so everyone can hear me perfectly. You're doing great. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great alternative to crayons. So instead of having your kids writing on the walls, writing on the menus, they're going to stick to the walls and they're going to appear right up and off leaving no residue, leaving no color behind.
1: So, So what is it exactly? So you have to describe this for people. These are like sticks that bend?
8: Yeah, the sticks that bend. All it is is a wax and yarn. The wax we get from Wisconsin, the yarn we get from Massachusetts. So it's a 100% made in the USA product. Woohoo! Okay. That's right.
1: And then what do you do with it? So you, you like bend it to form the shape of things?
8: So if you go to a restaurant and you get one, usually the restaurants are going to have a dot-to-dot so right. connect the dots for kids and three crayons <laughs> <laughs> it's always three <laughs> it's always three we give you a little bit more colors and a little bit more options with this one okay. so on the back of the play sheet is going to be a three dimensional design you can make glasses for the kids you can make little characters out of it bunch of different things the kids can do with it they bend they create great educational toy
1: Right. So what is the age range uh, for the children for these items?
8: So on our packaging, it says three and up. Now, that's not due to them being toxic in any manner. It's just dexterity problem. The kids are perfectly fine because, you know, kids are going to put them in their mouth every now and then. So if they do, it's not going to be a problem. They'll pass in a couple days.
1: Okay. At, at what point are you too old for this? Roughly, nine?
8: Three <laughs> to <laughs> three to 103, man. I am 26 years old, and they're still in my fridge at home. <laughs> all right, well, I'm slightly older, but, you
1: know, it all looks like fun. Um, what other things other than the wiki sticks with them looking? I see you have other things with packages and things like that. What do you have?
8: We offer great retail selection also. So a lot of educational stores like to use us. We're great for early education, um, one, two, three, and ABCs kind of thing. We're also great for about science and math. We have a STEM pack. Really good to get into science, math, and technology. So we are learning from ages three all the way up. right. So your website is? wikistix.com and you can also find us on Facebook. Right now
1: for those who don't know, wiki is W I K K I S T I X. That's right. So wikistix.com. Alright, thanks so much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Let me tell you, Charles Sturken is the director from the New York City Department of Environmental Protection in Flushing, Queens, New York. And I am holding a glass of genuine New York City water. And let me tell you, you notice the difference when you travel. You really really do when you and you know, what is the thing they always say? Why can't you get a good bagel or pizza in Florida? Cuz the water. So tell us tell us This is your chance to be shameless here. Let's talk about how great New York City's water really is.
10: That's right, Richard. Well, we like to call it the champagne of waters because of all the systems in the country, only five do not have to filter their systems. Only five. New York City is one of them. Just out of curiosity, who are the other four? The other four are parts of San Francisco, parts of Boston, Tacoma, Washington, and Portland, Oregon. we far enough away (laughs) you don't have to filter because you meet such a high quality water standard in new york because we take it from the catskills for most of our water where there's not many people living it's unspoiled territory uh some people live there but the water is of very high quality in the catskills you bring it down to new york city only it only works by gravity Based on the Roman system, like the Romans built it by gravity, the aqua, the uh, what the the uh, what do they call that thing, the aqueduct. The aqueducts, that's right. The aqueducts. We have aqueducts, and it's all run by gravity. Um, and it's we try to promote health health concepts by drinking more water because it's one of the best things you can prescribe for yourself. A good clean glass of water. And, and most of your
1: body is made out of water.
10: And it is. And we, we ask that people um, be conscious of when they're drinking bottled water. We know it's a convenience. But, but it tastes plastic. If you're drinking one of the big producers, I don't want to land-based right, them, right. but I the think big it, bo- yeah, bottled yeah. water suppliers in New York, they're just taking New York City water and rebottling it and selling it for a lot of money compared to fresh out of the tap here. So we spend a lot of money, we acquire a lot of land as buffers to protect the water up in the watershed and bring it, we like to say, we bring it to your street fresh every day. And if people in the city are worried about their water, we supply free testing kits where the city pays for water to tell you what's in it. And We spend a lot of money uh, on watershed protection, but it pays because our reputation, as you said, is um, world famous. And we do have suppliers, like why the bagels and (laughs) pizzas outside of the city. We have minerals contained in our water, uh, a lot of calcium carbonate, which we think adds to, from where we collect it, adds to the ingredients that helps promote good bagels good pizza, good breads. And we have people that actually take the water from New York City and ship it down to Florida. There's just recently a New York Times story about I think a person in the Middle East wants to, is opening up pizza yeah. in one of the major cities and they're going to fly over the New York City water oh, wow. to produce that effect.
1: So, let's so go we're to,
10: proud of it. Let's go over
1: the map for a minute. Okay. How far are the tunnels that carry the water from the most northern point to the most southern point in the distribution system? Uh, The East
10: Delaware Tunnel, uh, I think, is still in the Guinness Book of Records, one of the longest tunnels in the world. Wow. The water supply. Um, We take water from nearly 150 miles, maybe up in Schoharie County which is the northernmost part and one of the oldest um, parts of the system. built uh, started in 1905, finished in 1917. And we take it from way up in Skoharie County, and it travels all the way down and eventually parts of Staten Island, too, with tunnels under the rivers. Wow. How wide are the tunnels? Can you drive a truck through them, two trucks? The the Queen's... Uh, in Brooklyn section of Water Tunnel number 3, which is our newest water tunnel, which was activated first part by Mayor Giuliani, second part by Mayor Bloomberg, and the third part will be activated by um, President Mayor Bill de Blasio. The uh, Brooklyn Queens Tunnel is 24 feet in diameter. Wow. Yes, it's pretty large.
1: Wow. And it all runs by gravity. So how how deep is the deepest part of the tunnel? How far does it go down?
10: The crossing that goes from the Delaware Aqueduct under... It goes under the Hudson River, under land. It's about
1: 1,100 feet down, I believe. Oh, wow. And I assume you have, like, robots uh, going through and checking uh, for leaks and all that Mm -hmm. other good stuff? We do have... Robotic uh, devices that check on the aqueduct. We're doing
10: a large repair in the Delaware Aqueduct right now, and they do send robots through. They do send uh, underwater unmanned submarine-type vehicles through uh, to check for leaks and to uh, so we can affect repairs. We do. It's a marvelous uh, bunch of technology that goes into supplying um, the city of New York and, I might say, other communities in Westchester, anywhere the aqueduct crosses,
1: towns are permitted to uh, link up uh, to the water supply. See, nobody really appreciates the fact that you go to the tap, to the shower, whatever, the bathtub, brush your teeth, that water, just boom, it's there. But it, it it must take a gigantic army of people of every kind, engineers, scientists, chemists, you know, planners, strategic people, uh, real estate people to keep it going and to look to the
10: future. I'm glad you appreciate that Richard (laughs) because we have about 6,000 people who work just uh, bringing the water in and then discharging the water through clean wastewater. Um, And In the watershed, there's about 1,100 folks that work up there maintaining the reservoirs, cutting the grass, ensuring that the water is tested, and we test it from when the rain falls on the reservoirs until it comes out, and then we test it eventually on the streets as well. It's 24-7. So, how many reservoirs are there? There's 19 19. reservoirs and what we call three controlled lakes that make up the entire system. And I think it's really wild that the water actually goes underneath the Hudson River. That's actually amazing. It does. The tunnel, and this tunnel was built a long time ago. The Catskill Aqueduct is closer to the earth. That's what they call a cut and cover. And if you've ever driven up in, through Westchester on the uh, uh, Maj- uh, Major Deegan up to the uh, uh, Thruway, you can see parts of it, uh, not exposed, but... It's large infrastructure. Yeah,
1: I think I've seen some signs that say, you, and yeah. you'll see large uh, power, power lines yeah. on top
10: of it. Yeah. Um, so the uh, uh, the aqueduct system is quite marvelous and uh, keeps us going. And is they envisioned it the major system now okay. in 1905, and they knew they were going to have to build it very big. They were very uh, very
1: visionary. It was very visionary, especially because. If they had to do it today, they'd never be able to do it. <laughs> uh, very difficult to build these days. Right. It's like very difficult. Imagine build. trying to build a railroad now. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you've been a wealth of knowledge. Hi. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let me get a picture of your graphic here, and uh, we'll yeah. give you a link. Well, that was a really fun show to uh, participate in, and eat and, and explore. We're going to do something a little different. This is a post-show production. Uh, we had a bunch of emails about the show, and I'm going to try to answer them uh, in the time that we have left. The, the first question was, what does it cost to exhibit at the show? Well, according to their website, uh, if you want just a 10 by 10 space of just only space and no amenities, it's roughly $4,680 for the show, and if you want some of the more um, upgraded amenities, it's $6,600. By contrast... Three hundred square feet—that's like ten by thirty. Uh, Three hundred square feet is ranges between twelve thousand four hundred thirty dollars and almost fifteen thousand dollars. And then, if you want to have just space for a thousand square foot footprint on the show floor—that's just the actual space and not the food and the schlepping of your equipment and maybe giving out samples—that's forty thousand. So it's a substantial investment. So that's what the cost uh, to exhibit is. Another another email that came in was, "What were the trends that you noticed uh, in this particular show?" Uh, good question. The trends uh, include a lot more organic food, and there were a lot there was a lot of really good prepared food, such as soup and pizza. They gave us samples of things that were already done, ready to go, just kind of heat and eat, uh, you know, heat up in the kitchen and then serve. And they they, they were very very good products. Another question that came in by Fax, how has the show changed from prior years? I noticed there was a lot less coffee uh, on display. Coffee is just absolutely one of the big, big items, and there are coffee beans, coffee roasting, uh, coffee delivery systems, all kinds of stuff. There didn't seem to be as much. Uh, One person at the station asked me, how many people attended the show? According to the statistics, 18,000 people visited the Javits Center to participate in the food show. And let's face it, the restaurant business is a huge part of the economy locally and nationally, especially in New York, and it's actually interesting to see all the different kinds of foods and uh, specialty items that are created for just restaurants, everything from ovens and refrigerators and freezers and presentation packages and food trucks and I mean just everything it was it was kind of unbelievable. Uh, the websites so wanted to know what are the different websites um, The main one the umbrella website is thefoodshows.com and the one that was particular to this particular show was international restaurant ny.com. Finally what was my favorite part of the show? My favorite part of the show is walking up and down the aisles, meeting people, and having all kinds of snacks. It was really, really, really a lot of fun. Uh, So with that, uh, we we like to cover the show year to year. Look forward to the next time we go visit, either the International Food Show or the Specialty Food Show or something else at the Javits Center. For now, this is Richard Solomon. Thank you for being a part of the show and listening. We will see you next week.